Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Today, we have the pleasure of hosting Jeannie Chappell, Senior Vice President and FinTech Leader, Digital Payments and Banking at FIS. And welcome to the show, Jeannie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So much has changed, um, <laughs> to say the least, with respect to how we work and where we work in the last few years. Um, and same goes with consumer habits, where they shop, how they shop. And so when we look at something as fundamental and basic as payments and the movement of money, are we at an inflection point, you think, to change as well? And what are some of the most interesting developments you've seen um, lately in the payment ecosystem? Yes, yes, great question. And I totally agree with you. There has been a tectonic shift to digital and mobile, and, and that's been going on for a while. And this was only magnified and accelerated for a whole cross-section of industries during the pandemic. In fact, I think we'd be hard-pressed to find too many things left unchanged, and even payments wasn't immune. In payments, the pandemic was a real stress test on technology and operations. And there's such a high degree of change going on in payments and fintech. For today, I'll just touch on a few themes. One, contactless payments. In the US, there was a huge leap in adopting contactless payments at the point of sale. Obviously, less touching, less germs, more safety. Uh, number two, definitely a theme around the back office going digital, right? When the office closes and everyone goes virtual, how do you manage your lockbox, your operations? Well, you go digital. And perhaps, last but not least, my favorite is the need for speed. With so many devastating financial impacts to small businesses and individuals as well, solving what became an acute need for cash flow in order to make ends meet was really highlighted. So whether it's employers trying to help their essential workers have more frequent access to their payroll or payments providers creating an instant settlement option for small businesses, Faster payments really rose to the occasion as an integral part of these solutions. So those are just a few things, Theo, uh, going on today. Oh, I mean, there, there's certainly so much that has changed just in the last 18 months. But when you when you look at the bigger picture and we look at payments and we're, we stand on the technology perspective, there's quite a lot of difference though between the US and, and other regions. The global payments infrastructure is still very fragmented and we've seen that. Legacy infrastructure is one of the challenges that has been cited by organizations not being able to make the jump and invest in new technologies to make payments faster. And I was sort of surprised to see that that when we kind of sort of dug into faster payments there by the end of last year, I think it was 56 different countries had faster payment systems. And Japan has been doing this since 1973, which is just phenomenal to like look at. So what would your advice to incumbents and others building out new payment rails and new value propositions around faster payments? What would your advice be to them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, a great point. Even for those of us that do this every day, payments are complex and fragmented. Um, each market has their own set of 
you know, configurations and considerations and various payment schemes and network availability. In the U.S., you have ACH, same-day ACH, RTP, wire transfers, card payments, prepaid, and yes, still checks. Uh, but with RealNet, you know, we're really aiming to simplify, demystify the challenges and complexities of moving money, both domestically and cross borders. So, you know, one of the really exciting things about FIS is our global footprint and diverse collection of payment capabilities, really across all payment types. We have a comprehensive set of assets and the vision of RealNet is to create that one-stop shop for money movement to make it simpler. So, you know, as far as advice for those grappling with kind of defining their real-time payment strategy, I, I authored a brief, brief set of tips uh, earlier this year on our website. Some of them feel generic or perhaps broadly applicable, but really are tried and true to any sort of programmatic approach to change. So a few of those tips are, you know, number one, know your customer, right? Start at the beginning Understand the customer's needs. What pain points are you solving for? Is it your internal operations that could be made more efficient? Is it creating better cash flow options for your customers? Pick something that you know you could make better with faster payments, do it well, and then you'll probably find more use cases and, and applications. And number two, don't try to do everything yourself, right? Leverage partners internally, externally, you know, changes and shifts like real-time payments uh, are a team game. You'll, you'll need a team of people internally and could even suggest calling on providers and experts that are willing to help really shape the approach. And, you know, last but not least, test your proof of concept. Always make sure you're putting the user first. Think about the customer experience that you're wanting to create. And are you getting their feedback? If you implement a new program and you can't track the adoption or the impact it's having, it's hard to really measure the degree of success and know where to make changes. So, you know, definitely a complex ecosystem that we're working on making simpler uh, for our customers, um, but really tried and true kind of practices around uh, an approach to change. So Jeannie, I, I love the point that you just talked about, right? Something that seems so simple that, you know, you need to know your customer, you need to test your point of view, and you need to pay attention to customer experience. All of these things, it sounds very basic thing, but yet we know that not everyone does it. And, and so I want to take that one step further. You mentioned, you know, faster payment, real-time payment. But the benefits of that is more than just paying people faster because there are other substantial benefits throughout if we think about the entire life cycle. What are some of the hurdles, though, that you think we need to overcome to make that a broader reality for more people? Yeah, there are a lot of benefits. And I mean, I like to think that real-time payments is to legacy payments, what 5G Wi-Fi is to dial up. Why on earth would you ever go back? I'd venture to say, you know, some of our listeners don't even know probably about dial-up, but I can promise you if you don't, you're not missing out. Um, but now, just like the 5G infrastructure didn't happen overnight, real-time payments is still on its journey to maturity and ubiquitous coverage. In the U.S. today, a little over 60% of bank accounts are RTP receive enabled on the clearinghouse network. And FAS, we're really working to close that gap. 
and help enable financial institutions that are interested in participating in real-time payments. But, but you're right, the benefits are more than just the need for speed. You can hardly have a conversation about real-time payments anymore without talking about data and messaging and a whole host of value-added services that sit on top of the payment itself to create new commerce experiences and operational advancements. New add-on features like request for payment, is they're gonna create new ways to connect senders and recipients to collect payments from bank accounts in real time. But the barriers to ubiquity and broad adoption are a reality. And in the US, we have no mandated participation. And with so many banks in the ecosystem, we really need to help make it simpler and easier, especially for the community banks and credit unions that don't have giant IT departments. And for corporates, I mean, this is truly revolutionary. It's a net new payment type. With that comes operational changes and kind of what we we're talking about before, right? Like with any new implementation, it really requires a thoughtful approach to the customer experience, the communications and the disclosures. None of those things are insurmountable, but it does take work. And it's a work that a lot of companies are actively doing now. RTP volumes are growing, the proof points are really diverse. And at this point, there are very few industry segments left where you couldn't at least point to some successful example of an RTP program. So the momentum is really there. Along those lines, um, FIS recently released a new report called Innovation in Real Time, a New Wave of Payments Innovation. Can you tell us a little bit more about the report and some of the key findings and how would people find out about the report itself? Because it really is truly good uh, to kind of look at this and the use cases that you guys bring up. I'm glad you guys liked it. Um, I am, I'm really proud of the, the FIS thought leadership and the educational collateral we've been putting out at large but also just specifically around innovation and real-time payments, right? Flavors of Fast is another one um, that's been one of the most kind of robust and unique global reports on the topic of real-time. Um, we do a really exhaustive job of collecting and sharing data and insights that are useful for our clients and the industry at large. But for this report, the, the one you're talking about, the new wave of payments, we actually surveyed 1,500 executives from positions like CFO, head of treasury from companies with revenues between you know, a billion to $10 billion based in both the US and Europe. And you know, if you're listening, you can find the full report on, on fisglobal.com backslash realnet. Um, but yeah, um, there's there were some very interesting kind of takeaways from this body of research. And you know, if you guys read it, one of them, really interesting consensus for change and and the switch to real time is there i think it was like 68 percent uh of the the survey surveyed folks agreed covid 19 is going to accelerate the adoption of real-time payments and 64 percent agreed real-time payments is going to reduce the cost and boost efficiency of a finance function and 66% I have in my notes, agreed companies that adopt quickly uh, to, to real-time payments will be seen as more attractive to work with. 
by both customers and suppliers. So lots of momentum, again, what we were just talking about. And, and you know, change is hard. Um, but the first movers are really, you know, the innovators. I, I love that um, flavors of fast report that you just mentioned. Um, that was the first thing that caught my eye last year when I I just happened to stumble upon it, and it was it has such a wealth of information, and I love the use cases around the world that it talked about different regions and what's going on. I I was going to ask, actually ask you, are we going to see the next one anytime soon? Because it was so 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 useful. Um, so let's get yeah. into a little bit about the use case uh, of, of the RealNet product suite. What are some of the interesting things that we should draw people's attention to? And what are some of the benefits um, of RealNet for, for example, for merchants, for payment service providers? What are some of the things that they should be excited about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now in the U.S., we're really focused on those business to consumer and small business disbursements, both domestically and, and cross borders. And kind of one of my favorites is check replacement. In the US, it's the lowest hanging fruit and, and it's just simply replacing the check. I mean, does anybody enjoy receiving a check anymore? I don't know, I'm, I'm only sort of joking when I say it's a method of evil and I'd only write a check if I wanted to annoy someone. But more seriously, there's, there's a great business case to remove the friction, cost, and time associated with mailing a check and shifting to a faster digital payment option. And you can imagine like that as a use case really goes across lots of different industry segments. The opportunity is just tremendous for industries like insurance, healthcare, even government. Right, lots of lots of paper checks, and um, you know we mentioned small businesses. We talked about this, but undoubtedly we have a huge opportunity to help small businesses with cash flow and liquidity. This is a use case we're really focused on, and real time payments is a meaningful solution that can even substitute more costly alternatives like borrowing money in order to you know, make payroll or replenish the inventory. So one, another one that's near and dear. Um, another really interesting one that, you know, we can fondly call kind of a me-to-me -me payment. So what I mean by that is how do I get money from one of my bank accounts to another one of my bank accounts instantly? Well, we don't all enjoy the process uh, or the cost of doing a wire transfer, but, Historically, that was the only way to make sure it happened immediately. And now real-time payments can do that and is you know, presenting itself in some really cool ways in the brokerage and trading space, where if you wanna make a trade on a platform, you may need that instant account funding option. So those are just, I mean, a few examples, but the art of the possible really goes far beyond disbursements and also is you know, increasingly enabling innovation in B2B payments as well with, you know, for example, faster accounts receivables, giving companies and, and accounting departments the ability to do instant reconciliation. 
Um, so just kind of uh, countless opportunities. There's very little that this won't touch and impact in a positive way. Absolutely agree. And the thing about checks, uh, it's amazing to me how much volume of checks we still do in this country, especially. Uh, you know, what, one of the more interesting ways that we see real-time payments evolving is lower costs and added transparency around moving money. Uh, for cases like remittance or cross-border transfers, we've seen a lot during the pandemic, government to consumer payments. These are things that are going to change the way that we access money and move money. And in some ways, couldn't we see this expand access to a broader set of financial services and help drive greater financial inclusion? Is that something that you think is also a benefit of real-time payments? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought this up, actually, because access is is key. And you know, we really do have lofty global goals with, with RailNet. And we're, we're actually aiming to create as many endpoints as we possibly can. So what do I mean by that? How do we reach corporates, small businesses, and people everywhere? Well, the only way to do this is to have multiple payment rails available. So, for example, not everyone has a bank account, right? So we need to reach prepaid cards and even wallets. And given we want to help our customers optimize for what's most important to them, whether it be speed and or cost, we are working to have multiple options or paths to get to those endpoints. So, for example, we can provide our customers the choice between a payment coming in a matter of seconds with a real-time payment, or if they don't need it in a rush, an ACH might be a lower cost option. And, you know, that's a U.S. example, but the, the concept applies in other markets and across borders. The gist is the more options that, that we have, the more uh, helpful it is to people. So they have more choice on how they can send and receive payments. That really empowers them with better access and inclusion, even for those you know, without bank accounts. Um, and, and undoubtedly, you know, it's hard not to talk about the, the pandemic, but it, it did increase visibility on the societal need right, for better, faster, more accessible digital payment options. And this, in my mind, is a really positive and, and pivotal outcome. And the attention and the dialogue that we have going on now in the industry for developing financial inclu financially inclusive, faster payment options that can better serve the underserved and the most impacted is really, really exciting. Yeah, I, I like that. And that's one of the things that we love the most about financial services innovation is at the end of the day, how can we use technology to help more people and get to financial well-being? Um, so before we close, though, now I want to ask you, if you think about the next decade for payments and for FIS real net service, what gets you the most excited and what are some of the biggest opportunities for growth and value? Yeah, you know, while I think one of the things from the study, right, was uh, one of the findings is that while only 14% of the, the re, you know, people that responded have real-time payments embedded within their organization, 
56% of them expect to implement real-time payments within the next five years. Only 7% say they have not implemented or, or don't plan to. So with the vast majority intending to do this in the next few years, I think we should all expect just sweeping changes in the industry. And suffice to say, we're bullish on, on not only the significance and relevancy of these sweeping changes to our clients in the industry, but also our unique ability to be a premier global provider of these services of real-time payments. And, you know, given the speed of change, a decade seems like a really long, long ways away, but, um, you know, we're building RealNet for a world where we can enable payments for global businesses and create a platform for innovation that allows our customers the ability to better serve their end users. There's trillions of dollars you talked about checks, right, moved with legacy payment methods. And while some of those payment types are here to stay, others are going to have very little utility. My kids are only four right now, so we haven't started their financial education yet. But I fully imagine they will never own a checkbook or know what it was like to be forced to wait two to three days to receive a funds transfer. That might remain an option. It just won't be the only one. And I think that in and of itself is really, really cool. I, I can't wait to see that actually. Um, it's still, it still amazes me how we are living our life in, in so many ways, so much more advanced than compared to when we were growing up, but yet checks are still around, like you say, and we still write ourselves checks to move money and all of these little things. And hopefully by the time all of our kids grow up, the world will be very different. Um, before we close, what is the best way for people to learn more about RealNet and learn how they can partner with you? So people can find out more uh, or reach out to us by visiting fisglobal.com backslash RealNet. And actually on that site, you can request a demo and there's all the contact information to contact, contact us. So please do check it out and reach out to us and have a read on some of the analysis and data that we've got out there. I, I agree. Um, unfortunately, for the listeners who are listening, you can't see me nodding my head, but I'm <laughs> nodding my head because there is a wealth of information on there. So definitely do check that out. And thank you so much, Jeannie, for joining us today on our podcast. And for the rest of you, thank you for joining us for another episode of One Vision. We'll talk to you all next week. Mm -hmm.